the protectors of the wood podcast everything is at stake the destruction of our planet is becoming real life this podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis episode number 25 surprises at the toy store George and Jeremy discover they both play guitar Phoebe awoke the following morning to a bright and beautiful day but her thoughts were immediately overwhelmed with tension oh no I've got to cope with this party somehow. Let's see. All I've got to do is look nice, see my friends, and advertise the toy store. Now, what am I going to wear? I'll have no time to change before the party, and I can't think of anything particularly special. She decided to check Penny's closet for possibilities and borrowed a nicely ironed navy blue shirt to go with her clean pair of jeans and black high-top sneakers. It almost feels like silk. I hope Penny's not mad. On the way out of Penny's bedroom, Phoebe noticed two bodies under the covers arranged like spoons with Jim's forehead and dark hair just behind Penny's brown hair. Phoebe glided out of the room without a sound. Am I the only one who knows about this? More likely, I'm the only one who doesn't know. I can't believe she didn't tell me. Before 10 o'clock, She was out of the house and walking toward town. At the store, Gilligan was recounting yesterday's cash and preparing for a new day. Phoebe decided to present the last of the free books at the table in the courtyard. But once again, on this gorgeous morning, no customers arrived. Phoebe inspected the chaotic collection of toys, art materials, and games remaining in the basement from her parents' decades of running the store. She found a cardboard clubhouse large enough for small children to enter, eight folding tables, four in excellent shape, and at least 30 folding chairs. Gilligan called her to supervise the courtyard. Visitors were gathered around the book table. Okay, this book giveaway works like a charm. Oh, if only a few of these people will enter the store and cheer up Gilligan. Hmm, looks like the last day for the book giveaway. Maybe Gilligan will order soccer balls, shoes, and jerseys. I'm sure they'll sell. And we should order a dozen silver scooters. We could display them right here, 
and they won't last a week. Time went by and children's books became scarce. Suddenly Jeremy walked through the gate. He stopped and looked about, hands in his pockets, shoulders slouched forward. His jeans and jackets showed off his light, thin body. Jeremy! Will you look at this? Nice! Nothing quite like it anywhere. He watched Phoebe give away a few books and studied the displays in the windows. Finally, the customers were gone and he grabbed her attention. Geraldine asked me to pick up the tables and chairs. Party business, she said. Ah, of course. I didn't realize you were in on this. I asked her for the job. Wonderful. Let's keep going. Follow me. Gilligan! We'll be carrying tables! In a moment, they were each maneuvering a long white folding table up the basement stairs and out across the courtyard. Jeremy stopped on the sidewalk and looked proudly at the gigantic blue and white tow truck parked in front. A few young boys were admiring it and one even had the daring to climb aboard for a closer look. Is this the same truck that's been getting old in Jim's back garage for years? Well, just two years, he tells me. But we need that garage for a car wash now. And a good tow truck will help pick up more jobs. So I decided to give it a go and give it a paint job. This is my very first test run. You know, it's an ex-River City police tow truck. Could tow a bus. Nice, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I see you're drumming some business. I can't let you get too far ahead. Gotta keep up with you and your pace. You know, you move fast. Phoebe smiled. I never thought I'd see this old monster running. Just an impractical idea of gems, I thought. It's beautiful. I can't believe it. Jeremy beamed. A small crowd had collected around the truck. Okay, you guys. Back off there. Jeremy swung his table to lay it down on the metal platform covering the four huge back wheels and then reached for Phoebe's table and did the same. Chester Peterson! It's a beautiful day. I bet you're getting ready for the party. <laughs> Fred's market wagon is already there. We're selling vegetables and peaches and eggs and chickens in your yard. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it. So tell me, what brings you to town these days? Oh, I'm helping Sammy, of course. We're expanding the shelves, reorganizing the coffee shop. <laughs> That's great. Well, we've got some tables and chairs to carry. It's going to be a busy day. Phoebe! George jogged over to the tow truck, coming up close to Phoebe. I just heard you were working in the toy store again. Is it true? Yep. I started yesterday. 
She gave George a smile and another quick survey. He looked good in dark jeans and a short-sleeved white shirt with a collar and a Scudder's logo. He looked right in her eyes and spoke. I... I just want you to know I'm so glad to hear it. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. She felt herself blush and wasn't sure what small talk to make, feeling embarrassed to have his old job. In the confusion, they just stared at each other. Finally, Jeremy, standing next to Phoebe, nudged her with his elbow. She grabbed the opportunity to introduce him as if it were a life preserver in the open ocean. George, I don't know if you've met Jeremy, Jim and Glenda's cousin. Jeremy, this is my old friend George. His parents own Miracle's gift shop. They shook hands and smiled, happy to meet each other. So, what are you guys up to? I'm on my lunch break. We're carrying tables and chairs to my truck for the party tonight. Let me help you. I've got time. Sure. We could use the help. George surveyed the tow truck. Nice wheels. You fixed it yourself? I did. You know, Jim mentioned to me someone named George who plays guitar. Any chance that's you? You play? They looked at each other in a new light and slapped hands. I'm in between bands. College and jobs broke us up. Let's get together. Phoebe stared at them, hitting it off with mixed feelings. It was hard for her to be ignored, and she was the one on the clock with a boss inside. Hey, let's go. We've got work to do. Passers-by continued to collect, and some of them spilled into the courtyard and finally into the store. Gilligan was ringing up a sail as Phoebe, Jeremy, and George walked through on their way to the basement. Phoebe, I need your help over here. Sorry, guys. Keep it going. I'll be right back. As the day wore on, the traffic in the store continued to pick up, but many of the new arrivals had no interest in purchasing anything. They were on their way to the party, had heard of Phoebe's return to the store, and just wanted to say hello. Rose and Rob from the preschool, Glenda and Tiny, and George's sister Ellie all dropped by to encourage Phoebe. Even Police Chief Santiago paid his respects. Phoebe Hood, such good news. I'm glad you're back. But I must tell you, things have changed a bit. So don't forget, if you ever need me, I'm here for you. Just keep that in mind. Well, we've all got jobs to do. Take care now. The chief waved goodbye. Phoebe was pondering his surprising message. 
when another major figure in the life of Middletown appeared at the door. Jerome Peabody, editor of the Middletown Standard, had crossed the street from his office to gather news for his next weekly edition. His pale three-piece summer suit and a white hat and a black band made him look like a visitor from a bygone world. I heard the news and just had to see for myself. A hood back in the toy store. What a surprise. They say you're going to bring back the old days. What do you say to a little interview? Uh, you too, Gilligan. Uh, how did you come up with such an idea? Like hiring the daughter of a celebrity, bound to capture the attention of everyone. I've just got to get an article ready. What are your plans? Phoebe and Gilligan looked at each other with puzzled alarm. Oh, don't be shy. A little publicity is just what you need, Phoebe. The public will expect you to say a few words. I want your readers to know that I'm thrilled to be back here working for Gilligan. We'll be announcing our new activities soon. We've almost finished our book giveaway to over a hundred children. And we'll reach out to the Middletown community to organize a summer festival. Tell everyone they're invited. We're eager to see them. So come by the toy store and bring the children. Peabody was making notes, and after a pause, he looked up and smiled. Oh, that'll do fine. Very good. Now, to give the article a little juice, folks in our town will want news of your parents. What are they doing these days? Just a few details to keep the public happy. Well, you know my parents are always available to speak to you directly. I think it's best if they speak for themselves. Peabody gave her a sly, triumphal look, like someone about to make a winning move. Now, Miss Hood, what would you say if I told you that your parents have avoided my requests for interviews? What would you say if I told you that folks in this town don't know what they're doing or even where they live? Mr. Peabody, that's a little unfair. I hope you're coming to the party tonight at my sister's house. My parents will be there, and you can gather your news firsthand. Why, thank you. I actually wasn't invited, but I'm sure that was an oversight. I know your family is very busy, no hard feelings. I'll be glad to come, and I'll count on you for the first-hand news. I appreciate it. And thank you for the interview, Gilligan. I know you'll be happy with the advertising this article will give to your business. Don't forget your promise! Phoebe shuddered. That was a strange look in his eyes. What was all that about? Do you understand what's going on? I hope it works out in our favor. Dusk began to settle over Middletown. Gilligan and Phoebe closed the store and drove in Gilligan's ancient Mustang down Bridge Avenue. The scars of many repairs, both old and new, 
were visible all over the body. Pieces of leather were sewn over the frayed upholstery. This car is like a work of art. Nah, I've kept this car since I was a teenager. But you know, it's sad. A car like this isn't suitable for these times. But my ex-wife took the new car. So here I am. I like it. Secretly, I still love it. Gilligan turned the Mustang onto Main Street and patted the dashboard as if it were an old horse. Phoebe was peering into the failing light. Whoa! Could all these cars be for our party? They stared at the rows of cars lining the street. Gilligan slowed to a crawl as they passed 12 Main Street. Cars blocked the driveways of Dr. Bear's house and Penny's house. People were milling about the gigantic wagon parked in the front lawn. Gilligan continued down the road to an open spot. They walked back together listening to the murmur of voices in the distance. A full moon rose over the horizon before them. Somehow, I'll make this work. Just stick with me. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. Here we go. Just gotta see Ooh. 
listening to the protectors of the wood podcast find all our podcasts songs and projects on our website protectorsofthewood.com and to all the eco warriors out there remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts